Hey, what's up, everybody? We are back. Season 5, W-I-N-I-F-R-E-D, the podcast writing, inspiring, notably, intentionally for readers everywhere to discover. I am kicking it off with a book written by a nurse. (laughs) Okay, if you know anything about me, Um, or have listened to previous episodes, I'm sure I mentioned at one point or another, working in healthcare. When I tell you the amount of heart, the amount of patience, the amount of care um, and passion, it's like the perfect cocktail of character traits have to come together and just be on at all times, at all times, no matter what's going on. You know what I mean? If you work in healthcare and I come from the background of working in the ER, 24-7-365, inclement weather, doesn't matter what's going on in the world, you must report to work and do your part to help save these lives no matter what department you are in no matter what your job title everyone is essential to helping people who are dealing with all kinds of things you know whether it is life death um you know mental problems um it's it's just the healthcare industry is something else and i've worked in it for many 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 years and i just knew when I saw Sherry post about writing a book that I had to have her come on and talk about it. Um, I really hope you enjoy this interview. It is definitely one that I think will open up the minds of a lot of people. I highly encourage you to get a copy of this book. I'm getting a copy myself for sure because healthcare is so important. And um, as black women, you know, There are just so many factors and you know what, I'm not even going to get into it. I'm going to let Sherry tell you in the interview and I definitely want you to support her on her journey. Um, This is just the beginning for her. Like I can see her doing so many amazing things and this book right here is definitely going to save the lives of many. So let me be quiet so you guys can get into the interview. What's up, everybody? It's Winifred once again with another episode of the podcast. I have an amazing guest, another amazing guest. Her name is Sherry, and she's going to be talking to us about her book. Um, hey, Sherry, how's it going? Hi, Winnie. I'm good. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing very well. Thank you. I'm so glad to have you um, because I remember <laughs> when you posted about your book and I was like, Oh, wow. Because I know you um, as being, you know, a registered nurse. So Mm -hmm. I definitely first want to start out with when did you make that decision? Like, you know what? I'm going to write a book. Is this something that you've been thinking about for a long time or did it just kind of hit you one day? Well, that process, I never thought in a million years I would write a book. So it was about last year um, where you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We're seeing all of these things in healthcare, talking about, you know, uh, health disparities, how it can really affect people of color. Um, And with being a woman of color, being a black woman, um, and also being in the healthcare system, I'm like, you know, there's got to be a way that I can try to impact um, lives, especially women's health, because that is a passion of mine. So I was just, you know, just thinking and um, I was like, well, maybe I'll just start writing out my thoughts. (laughs) And I started out with just a Word document. And I was like, well, maybe I can attempt to, you know, write a book, an e-book. So I'm I'm seeing, you know, it's it's, um, easier to do and different things like that. I had no idea what to do. Um, So I just started out writing um, my thoughts out, what people, you know, I get a lot of different medical questions here and there. And so I just thought like, you know, what do people need to know? Because they don't know 
the general public don't know medical terms. They don't know all the different things that their providers may be telling them. Um, a lot of people may be getting dismissed from their providers of different um, things they have concerns about. And me being in the healthcare profession, I know from personal and professional experience, I know different things um, and knowledge throughout the years that I can share. So I just started writing, you know, maybe what people should look for in a healthcare provider um, to start out. And I also shared um, some experiences of mine as well. Um, a lot, a lot, it has a lot to do with like preventative care. Um, and so I just started writing just, and I took my time with it. It took, I started like last summer and I just, at any point in time, I'm like push myself to just write here and there. So I didn't do it all at once. I did it over months at a time. Um, and I just kept doing um, a chapter here and there, just thinking about what um, women would, in particular would need to know and in simple terms. Um, because a lot of things that affect, especially black women, women of color, I did include um, in the book. And also just thinking how in this, um, the society we're in now where mental health is such a great um, focus right now. I also included a lot of different um, experiences and different things of how to empower women and with affirmations. So through all of that, um, that's how I just started to started the process. I just act, acted like I was ta actual, actually talking to a person and I went from there. And there we go. Excellent. That is very <laughs> excellent because, and this is such, you know, this book is very much needed because I work in the healthcare space as well, um, but more on a different level. Like I worked at a hospital um, for many years in different roles. Mm -hmm. I was doing transport and then I was doing dietary and then I was doing um, patient registration admissions counseling. Okay. Stuff. Yeah, so I, I was up in there and especially yeah. during the pandemic, <laughs> okay, yeah. working the ER was oh, wow. something insane. And I just saw so many things um, that I wish I didn't see, like I wish I could unsee um, yeah. some things, but to your point about a lot of people just not being aware um, of their rights or how they should be treated or what questions to ask. Mm -hmm. um, so I think this book, you know, the fact that it's an empowerment guide, you know, simplified, keyword simplified, because sometimes right. we just need somebody to, to break it down to us. And unfortunately, right. Unfortunately, there are a lot of healthcare professionals um, that won't take that time to break it down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or mm -hmm. They can't read the room to, to a point where they're like, okay, let me make sure that they understand. Like I've seen right. healthcare professionals just give them, you know what I'm saying? They're walking papers and yeah. like have a nice day. And mm -hmm. the person of course is eager to get out and, you know, get back to life, but they don't really understand um what's going right. on so i love that you took exactly. time to do this to help people i love that you have that background and that experience because that's another thing you got a lot of people out here writing books <laughs> <laughs> about healthcare, and they not to say that they are not knowledgeable but they just simply don't have you know that work experience the educational background you mm -hmm. know i see registered nurse you know msn mha like you got your letters <laughs> you got all your yes. letters <laughs> yes try to try to try to get that knowledge trying to you know just better myself and be knowledgeable as best as i can <laughs> i absolutely love it so was there any pushback from anybody? Did you know that you know at first? Did you share it? Like, did you let some of your colleagues and peers in healthcare know, like, hmm, I'm thinking about writing this book? Did you keep it to yourself? And if you did share it with others, did anybody give you any pushback um, about creating this book? Um, so that's one thing I have learned through my journey of life <laughs> and experiences. Um, when you tend to tell people um, prematurely of things that you're doing, um, it can get, it can get pushed back. It can get their opinions and it can, you know, hamper on what you're trying to do. And it makes you think negative thoughts and it like can stop you in the process. 
So with this, I really didn't tell anyone. I only told um, one person in the beginning um, that really helped me. Um, my cousin, she really helped me. She's an editor um, of a mental health magazine. And she um, really helped me to um, get my thoughts together. And she gave me a lot of support. But other than that, I really didn't say anything to anyone until I was pretty much done the book and I had to figure out how to, um, you know, get it published and everything like that. And thankfully, Amazon really um, made it easy. <laughs> Their self-publishing um, company, they really make it easy for you to be able to publish. So um, doing all that, I, I really didn't tell anyone. Um, it was a shock to everyone. And I've learned that, you know, doing, moving in silence is really, um, really beneficial to you because in the end, you really have to do what's best for you and not take any opinions of people um, because um, this is, you know, your individual journey. So I definitely learned that lesson. And that's why I'm more private with what I do now <laughs> and just move from there. But yeah. Man, you ain't never lie. You ain't <laughs> never lie. Listen, I didn't tell anyone that I knew personally. I felt more comfortable talking to, you know, people on social media, more so on Instagram, not necessarily Facebook, but mm -hmm. I was comfortable just talking to them because there were, uh, there was like a community of authors um, that were just very supportive over on Instagram. So I felt comfortable talking about it with them and they were excited. But as far as telling people that I knew personally, mm -hmm. um, I was the same way. It was kind of like a shock. And one day I was just like, ah, you know, I got a book, you know, <laughs> people were like, what? Um, right. And just to you, you. Yes, congratulations to you. You did. You have. I've seen you post and your book and everything. So congratulations to you. I love that. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much. I, I agree with kind of doing it in silence. Um, mm -hmm. you know, me working in human resources and then turning around and writing a book about work culture. You know, in my mind, I was like, oh gosh, is this gonna be like inappropriate for me to be telling people about, you know, what to look out for in toxic work environment? Is it is it gonna mm -hmm. impact me, you know, professionally? But I really had some information that I wanted to share and I just boom, just did it. So I love, you know, how you just did what you had to do. You didn't throw it out there for people to potentially um, try to steer you off your path. And I agree with that. Sometimes you just got to push for it and do what you got to do. And you most certainly did that. So I'm actually looking at your book on Amazon and I'm just going to um, briefly just read this description just to give, you know, some of our listeners a little, little taste of what they can expect. So it says, do you ever wonder if you are receiving the best quality health care? Do you get frustrated when you don't understand medical terms from your health care provider? Are you being dismissed from your concerns? Do you understand the importance of getting preventative health screenings? Do you know if you are at higher risk for certain diseases? No, I'm sorry, <laughs> look no further. The Simple Guide is all about women and health in every milestone of life. It encompasses the importance of health awareness, highlighting the absolute need for preventative care for women, the gaps in healthcare, health disparities, what to look for in a healthcare provider, mental health, skin, gut health, and how to advocate for yourself and your family when looking for healthcare services. This book focuses on women of color to bring to the forefront the inequalities in health, i.e. maternal child health, mortality, mm, that's a good one, to make known the impact it can have on their health and how to self-advocate for better health outcomes. This book provides a combination of firsthand experiences with the author being a nurse and a woman of color herself, along with transparency and inspirational affirmations to empower women to know they are created with God-given purpose and deserve to know how to live their healthiest, best, Lies top through <laughs> description. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not gonna lie. Like when I did, when I was writing the book, I did have some like doubts. Like, would people be interested in this? Would you know people? Because I talk about you know health disparities. Would people feel a certain way? Or you know they wouldn't. They may not agree with what I'm saying or different things like that. But I've come to realize and talking about mental health and being and more transparent. Um, I, I, I've had therapy, mental health therapy. 
to also get me through some things. And so coming to realize that I do have a background, you know, in healthcare and nursing and different things like that and helping people and seeing um, how I can impact people's lives of things that they do not know that, you know, every, every day I'm in the, in, you know, in the midst of looking at medical things or reading about um, medical things, but people just don't know, you know, this, you know, just things that I think are really simple as far as like making sure you go um, get an annual physical exam every year or um, with women, making sure we get our GYN exams every year. So I, I did have a lot of doubt <laughs> with writing the book, um, but it, I did overcome it. And I was saying that, you know what, I'm going to be transparent in this book. I'm going to be, I, I, I know I have a purpose to really make a difference. So, um, and it was just on my heart to do. So um, yeah, I definitely worked through that. And writing the book was really therape therapeutic for me when I actually was writing certain parts of it, because I didn't realize that I would share some of the things in a book about me that I did. So um, yeah, it really, it really was therapeutic for me as well, but also getting the information out there. So I love it. I love yeah. it. And I love all the different topics um, that you cover in this book. And so in the description, you mentioned God-given purpose. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that you have already tapped in and fully understand your God-given purpose? Or do you feel like your purpose grows and changes with you. Um, I guess, what is your opinion on that thought? And do you feel that you are walking in your God-given purpose right now? Um, so that's one thing I'm still kind of trying to figure out um, with um, God-given purpose. I feel like I feel in my heart that I'm supposed to do something to impact a lot of, a lot of lives. And I'm not sure if the book is part of it. Um, it came into fruition. So it, I know it just, it, I just put it out. So it has a long way to go. Um, but I just feel like as far as my purpose, I'm still trying to figure that out. Like, what am I really here for? Um, and doing a lot of, trying to do a little bit more self-care, trying to really have more relationship, relationship with God, um, really being in a stillness um, in the, my life's journey, um, where I'm still trying to figure it out. I just feel like, you know, um, I have a lot of knowledge and um, experience. So just trying to tap into more, what can I do more of on a larger scale? Um, I just feel like I'm ready for that. I just feel like I just want, because I get so frustrated when I hear so many stories um, about things that happen in healthcare because like examples of people not getting the correct healthcare because they were dismissed of their concerns, such as like I covered the maternal mortality rate, how black women are three to four times um, more um, susceptible to, to die from pregnancy related complications in this country. And that right there like hit, hit me kind of deep because um, one, I love maternal health. And two, I just feel like, you know, the quality, why is the quality of us, you know, different from um, other races? So that right there is like, I feel like my purpose, when I talk about it, I feel like my purpose is somewhere where I'm trying to empower women, where I'm trying to empower, um, you know, maybe health in a, on a large scale because I do, I, I have a nurturing type of personality. So um, between women, women's health and different things like that and, and babies, I love children. So between that, I feel like there's something there where my purpose, purpose is. I just don't, I, I don't know if I have tapped into it yet, just yet, but I feel like I'm on my way. <laughs> um, and just trying to be more in tune with my faith, with, um, it's an ongoing journey. So just being trying to be more in tune with that and my relationship with God, so. I love it. I mean, this is definitely very, very powerful work. 
um, that you're doing. And I just, you know, I'm very proud of you for doing this. And I just feel like, (laughs) yeah, so many many women will definitely be blessed um, through this information because there's so many, so many different theories and things that are out there in the world. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like how I was saying earlier, a lot of people are just trying to teach people things, but they don't necessarily have that background. So with your knowledge and your wisdom and the fact that you are nurturing as well, because in healthcare, okay, from <laughs> what I have experienced, just working and just kind of being that like administrative person in the background mm-hmm. and watching, you know, I've seen some healthcare providers that, you know, were not so nurturing. Um mm-hmm. And I mean, and everybody has their moment. So I don't want to say that because another thing that I've I've noticed from working in healthcare, specifically the ER, is that there's not a lot of grace uh, given to healthcare providers. Like I've witnessed patients treating healthcare providers, nurses, doctors, whoever, just very oh. nasty. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's just like this. <laughs> I haven't had no had no experiences. And it's hard, like it really broke my heart because, you know, here are these people, we call them our superheroes, you know, during the pandemic, all over the hospital, they had like these little figures with capes Uh and they're like thanking our healthcare superheroes. You guys have always been superheroes. Um, But it's like people will really put that superhero, I guess, trait on you as if you're not supposed to feel like you're not allowed to have a bad day, like you don't like take a breath, you know what I'm saying? Like Uh you don't need to be extended, you know, the same level of of care and grace and nurturing back to you that you are giving to others. So you mentioned you've had some experiences like that and I've seen some crazy things. Like, what do you think would improve the engagement between patients and healthcare providers to maybe, I don't know, help, help with the way healthcare providers are viewed. Like, yes, you guys are saving lives um, and you're superheroes, but you're still human beings at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, well, I can, I can only speak from my experience. Um, I'm no longer on the bedside, but when I was, um, even if I was having a stressful bad day, I would never like, put that on the patient. I would always go into the room with a smile on my face. I will always go in the room because I felt like I had that responsibility of this person within my care. And what if they were my family member, you know? Um, So I would definitely put on my face when I would go into the room. Um, I feel like just trying to separate that, you know, if you, even if you need a moment, um, just a moment, like, you know, to step away, to take a breather. Um, I know for work, nurses are always short staffed. That's the one thing that I don't know how to say enough. <laughs> we have, you know, I've had like six patients, like it could be up to six heavy patients um, to myself. Um, and that right there bears a lot of weight. Um, but to and try to engage where you have those. Also, it, it doesn't make it easier when some patients, um, you know, they, I know they're having, they're going through with their issues, you know, they're in the hospital, a lot of emotions, but um, also people have to understand that we, the people in the healthcare field are there to help you. Um, and I don't think some, sometimes patients don't, don't get that. Um, they see us as like an enemy or something like that, or they just have their certain views. I've had patients who, you know, didn't want me as their their nurse, or they didn't think I was their nurse because of the color of my skin or different things like that, or they were just very out with it, um, or, you know, just they really... Um, they even Even in those instances, I was still you know, treat them with the utmost respect and make sure they were trying, they were trying to be cared cared for. Um, But to have that, you're in a position where if you're a patient and to, you know, try to um, treat someone differently or, you know, not care of 
how someone is taking care of you. I think it definitely goes both ways. There has to be a common understanding, like, you know, this is a level of respect. You know, you're here for care. Um, we're trying to help you. Um, you know, I think it, it can definitely go both ways, but a lot of it has to do with um, politics of, I, I would say, you know, nurse to patient ratio, the way, um, you know, it's a lot of stress when you're responsible for a lot of patients and short staff. I think that has to be on a higher level. It has to be addressed um, with a lot of different engagement and um, communication, different things like that. I totally agree. You definitely hit it with short staffed. Okay. Yes. There is nothing more, even just watching like a, like the, the nurses that short staff running around trying to take care of everybody, you know, very limited support. It is draining. And I mean, just speaking from the hospital side of being in the ER, you know, they were there 12 hours, 16 hours back to back, you know, doing these crazy shifts. Um, you know, it can barely take a break. <laughs> like right. it is, it is intense. And it's, 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 yeah. it's a shortage is all across the board. One of my really close friends, her name is Gabby. She just recently finished her program has gone into nursing and she just tells me, man, just so many, so many stories, um, about just the environment and, just how much stress is on on the healthcare professional. So I'm mm -hmm. definitely glad that you mentioned that because um, yeah, staffing is is a big a big thing, um, mm -hmm. and there are a lot of politics that connect to that. Yeah, and I feel because of that, I know I'm one of them that left the bedside because it was very stressful, um, and that's probably why because every you know a lot of nurses they're leaving and healthcare providers they're leaving the bedside, which is is bad because you know you have people sick every day and it goes to the hospital every day you know if it wasn't like that if it was better conditions if it wasn't you know for the different type of politics um I feel like it, it would be it could be better um but as far as and you know you have to think of when you're in those type of situations being stressed you have to like stop and say okay Am I going to continue this? Is it really like worth it? Whereas I can have another type of job that's much more flexible where I don't have to worry about, you know, having so many responsibilities that are dependent on my license. <laughs> that's another thing, dependent on my license, something, you know, goes, goes on. You're always thinking like, you know, my, my nurse's license is at a stake. So um, just thinking like, is it really worth it? you know, um, because I, I definitely enjoy patient interaction. I'm really, I, I used to work with, um, I was on the medical oncology floor, so I would work with um, cancer patients and I really enjoyed it. It was very rewarding. It was also sad, but um, just said that patient interaction, um, it was very re rewarding and, and, you know, teaching um, patients on their discharge about what to do when they go home, um, and just having them, you know, just looking to you to take, take care of them and them being so appreciative. Um, but in other like scenarios, it's like, you know, it really wears, wears you down, wears your body down and you have to make a decision like what's best for me. And in that, in that moment, I'm, you know, I'm like, you know, it's other, other things I can do that will be less stressful. So that's, I'm sure that's how other, other people are thinking as well. So yeah, it's a lot that has to happen to change. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm really loving this, this conversation. Um, <laughs> I'm just so happy, you know, that there are people like you that are in the field that really want to make things better, who really have a heart um, to serve people. So mm -hmm. Do you plan on writing other books or are you just kind of putting this out there and then maybe at some point you might do something else or did you want to branch out into like seminars or courses like what are some of your your goals 
Um, I'm still thinking on that. I do think I have other um, subjects I would like to talk about now that I have a book out. It's like other ideas that are coming to my mind that, um, you know, I, I feel like from people learn a lot from personal experiences. People learn a lot from you just being real and not, you know, sugarcoating anything. I'm learning to have more of a voice and that I'm still working with myself. Um, to being more assertive and to trying to have more of a voice in the speaking up. Um, so I feel like I, I have a few, few more books than me <laughs> um, that may take some time to do, or, you know, maybe some, maybe some courses one day, or um, who knows, sky's the limit. I'm just ready for whatever God has for me. Um, just taking in, you know, any opportunity to um, just try to help and make a difference in any way I can. Um, so yeah, I just I just try not to limit myself because I know it's it's a lot that I could do and and trying to think out the box. As far as like seminars, I'm not really a public speaker at all. <laughs> um, that I would I would definitely have to work on with myself. But um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know say no. <laughs> But um, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't shut that down either, but yeah. I said I wasn't a public speaker either. And once <laughs> I got bit by the bug and did um, my first one, mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I, I, can, I can do this because um, I'm not one for public speaking either. I would always shy away from it. But, right. um, but wow, no, this is fantastic. And I'll definitely you know, be keeping an eye out for whatever comes next for you. Um, I have to ask one more question just because sure. I tend to run into um, a lot of people that write really amazing books. And it's just so funny because many of them, like you were saying, never imagined that they would write a book. So was it hard for you to kind of like outline and actually write um, your book and get it together? Or have you you know, been a person that is a good writer, maybe just never thought about a book. Like how was the price, the process of getting your ideas down? I know it was therapeutic, but was there anything that kind of helped you to make sure that you got the book done? Yeah, um, so I, to like organize my thoughts, well, I would say I'm a, I'm a good writer in general, um, but to organize my thoughts, I just, at first I had like a writer's block. I was like, well, I want to tell people, you know, um, things that they need to know. And I had all these ideas on my mind. So I just started writing them down, different things I was just, you know, thinking about. Um, I wanted to let them know about preventative care. I wanted to let women know about, you know, mental health. Um, I wanted to definitely have, um, let people know about different things to know about pregnancy, about postpartum, what to look for. And, and also I included um, about men menopausal, um, going through menopause as well, and gut health and skin health. And I put all those down and I was like, okay, so, you know, what am I going to talk about? So I just organized it. I just went through it. And once I started um, talking, um, once I started talking, I just, not talking, but writing, um, it just started flowing. It just really started flowing. And I just kept writing because all of my thoughts started just going on the paper. And I was like, oh, I want to put that and different, different things that I do myself. Um, I just started, you know, just writing them, writing them out. And it went from there. Um, it's, I didn't know I was going to have as many chapters as I do because um, I just went through you know, um, the whole, like different milestones of a woman. And I just started from there, you know, from wellness, from specific things, like, you know, I mentioned the pregnancy through menopause and just also addressing mental health, skin health and gut health. And in the midst, um, you know, just giving those affirmations, um, empowering af affirmations. Um, so yeah, once I just, started with the, the names of the chapters, I just started, you know, just um, typing along and 
you know, doing doing some additional research and different things like that. And it went went there, went from there. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, we are coming towards the end of the podcast, but before you go, um, I like to play a game with all of my guests and it's just kind of like normally just something kind of goofy. Um, but, but for this particular game, I wanted to tie it kind of to, to the healthcare field. And we're going to just kind of talk about scenarios and headlines and and theories and just kind of you can give me your opinion on how you feel about them in like maybe five words or less <laughs> okay and then once we get through the game um i'm gonna just let you have the floor and you can let everybody know how they can you know support you follow you connect with you um and all that great stuff so are you ready for the game yes <laughs> All right, all right, all right. So um, I want to say this happened last year. There was a nurse that took a picture um, of a newborn baby, uh, of a patient, and she ended up getting fired, one, and people said that she should lose her license. Do you agree that, you know, of course, it's patient privacy, like it goes against HIPAA, but do you think that someone should lose their license um, for, you know, taking pictures of patients violating HIPAA? I don't think as far as losing a license is for taking a picture, but it's definitely violating HIPAA. So she is a liability. Um, so definitely would lose, the, lose her job because that can end up in, in lawsuits. Um, definitely corrective action on her license, but maybe not losing it. All right. And next, have you heard the theory um, uh, and I hate this theory, but that African-Americans have a higher pain threshold than non-African-Americans. Um, have you heard that? And what do you think about that? Um, I haven't heard that. I've heard it the other way around, like high, like other um, races having higher, higher threshold than African-Americans. Um, I haven't heard of haven't heard of that um, as far as like pay equity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I I know, um, and from like seeing different stories, I've heard the the opposite, which is is I don't think is right. Everyone should be paid equally. Oh, I'm sorry, I said pain. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, how did I have pain threshold? I'm so sorry. No. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said pain. <laughs> oh, you said pain threshold. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, um, I'm so sorry. Yes, this one, um, pain threshold, that is, I've heard that, but it's, it's definitely not true just because we're a, a, a different race. Everyone's pain, pain is different. Um, you know, that's going just by a culture is definitely not, is not ethical. So um, definitely taking into account pain, pain management for everyone should be equal. So I remember um, my time at the hospital, I was told that if a patient attacks me, um, I'm not allowed to fight back. Do, <laughs> is that something you were told as well? Um, because I heard, depending on where you work, that may or may not be the case, but they're like, you're not allowed to put your hands on a patient regardless. Um, do you think that that should be the case? Um, how do you feel about that? Um, I feel that in those situations, you would, if someone's coming at you, you would do something not necessary to hurt them, but to defend yourself and move away from the situation. That's what I was always told with like, you know, having psychiatric patients, making sure you're near the door, not enclosing yourself into the room, um, you know, blocking, if they're coming at you, blocking, you know, blocking yourself or um, trying to uh, restrain them, I would say. But as far as like actually trying to beat them up, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you gotta protect yourself. For sure. Now, I remember um, seeing a patient request a female nurse. He said under no circumstances did he want a male nurse touching him. Have you ever seen or experienced something like that? And how do you feel about a patient trying to make a request based on sex? Um, I feel that so in experiences I know with different cultures, they would make those requests. 
um, like with uh, certain um, cultures, females may just want the female nurse because they're not allowed to have male, you know, um, different things like that um, in certain circumstances, but I'm not sure um, in particular if they're just saying they want a, a female on some other type of <laughs> on some other type of thoughts. But in certain cultural, I understand that. Um, on another note, I've had um, people request other another nurse um, because um, in different situations because of race, and that is not uh, that is unacceptable. I've had that, and they address it with the patient, saying that you know that's not a um, a request that can be made, and you know we treat everyone with respect. So I have seen that those type of requests. Absolutely, at all times treat with respect. I'm totally with you on that. All right, so <laughs> do you get offended um, when people just say, nurse, nurse? Like, do you prefer uh, somebody say, you know, hey, excuse me, um, ma'am or miss, if they, cause you know, it's easy to forget somebody's name or are you okay with that whole, you know, just calling out somebody's title? Cause some people think that's really rude. Um, I don't find it offensive, really. I've had that um, before um, with some patients that may be confused or um, just had, couldn't remember my name um, and they were just trying to get my attention or they needed something immediately um, before. I don't, I don't find it offensive. Um, if I do, I, if you're clear-minded and I do put my name on the board um, and tell you my name and, you know, you, you are um, with, with it. And I do, I do expect you to use, use my name. Um, or you know, just calling me by my name. Um, but I've had 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 that um, before, only because it is usually like an older person, um, you know, elderly person um, who who calls out like that. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it so many times. Yeah. He'll be calling up the hallway, like it will echo. It's like nah, nah. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, all right. So during the pandemic, and now this is something that I've heard. I'm not going to say if I do or do not subscribe to this theory. Um, but during the pandemic, some people um, have been staying away from doing their annuals because they're saying that a lot of um, providers are not having to do like as many procedures or things like that. So they're trying to make up for lost time. So when a patient comes in for their annual, they're just going to like, you know, pull things out of the air. To like try <laughs> some money. Have you heard that theory? Um, and how do you feel about that? Because I know in your book, you were saying earlier, you know, the importance of annuals, but a lot of people have been scared to go in because they're like, oh man, they're just gonna try and you know rip me apart so that they can make up for the money that they haven't been getting during you know COVID yeah, um, shutdown. Mm -hmm. And I haven't heard that's interesting. I haven't heard that theory that you know they're trying to get people in since they it's been you know the pandemic. Um, I don't. I would say you know it's really really important with people getting their their checkups. Um, because we're finding that, um, you know, people not coming in, there really could be delaying treatment of something that they may not know, even know about, or, um, you know, so it's really, really important. It's not that, I don't think it's not that, you know, providers are trying to get, get their, their money or anything like that is really, you know, I understand people were scared and different things like that. Me personally, I went no matter what, because I just know the importance of um, having those checkups and I was masked up and everything. And of course the doctor's offices had their procedures and I felt very safe um, and uh, with their procedures and different things like that. But um, just to, you know, really hone in on that, um, you know, people, it's a lot of different things that people may not know about their body. And it's really important to get those regular checkups, um, no matter what, 
um, put your mask on, hand sanitizer, wash your hands. Um, I would say it's, it's, it's okay to do, um, especially with um, the health healthcare providers having things in place so that you're not sitting on top of other people or you're waiting a long amount of time um, to get in. So I definitely think it's, it's needed. It's not, and it's not that, you know, they're trying to just find something to make sure they, you know, find something or, or be fraud, you know, uh, fraudulent about it, but it's definitely needed. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so I remember back in the day, uh, shout out to my mom. She would have, you know, different kinds of scrubs, like cool colors and patterns. And mm -hmm. it was such a vibe. Um, but now a lot of places, you know, they want all their nurses to be wearing the same color, the same style. Um, it's not everywhere and it depends, you know, on where you are and what you're doing, but uh -huh. how do you feel about uh, certain places enforcing like that, that solid, just uniform look when it comes to nursing? Do you think there is place for a little color, a little pizzazz, or do you think it's not even that serious? That was the one thing I loved when I was on, you know, in the in the hospital. I would have all different types of scrubs with different colors and designs and my shoes and different things like that. It, it made me feel, you know, even more empowering to go and take care of patients because I had I was putting my own individual um, touch on, you know, my my care. I mean, it, people may not think it's a big deal, but um, what you wear make, helps you make, make you confident. What you, you know, how you feel about yourself makes you confident and being confident, you are more confident with taking care of others. So I know I've, I've seen like, you know, a lot of hospitals have that one color, like navy blue color. And I'm like, why do you change it? You know, that takes the, that takes, you know, the, the pizzazz, how you said the pizzazz and all the different types of scrubs out the, you know, out the mix. I think they're just trying to maybe um, have it to where people are able to identify um, the certain disciplines easier, maybe. Um, I'm not sure of the background of it, but that was the one thing I, I did love. <laughs> I would have so many types of scrubs um, and just going in with my stethoscope and, you know, just have, have my, all my little nurse things I needed <laughs> for the day. Um, but yeah, that, that was, that was a little disappointing when I saw, um, a lot of them were going just to the regular, regular one color scrubs. Yeah. I remember watching the change happen and then all of a sudden it was just one color. Um, and I do remember that was kind of like the cool thing that was fun, you know, like you say, yeah. match, like you said, as your personality and stuff, um, but then I know so many other people wear scrubs, uh, just speaking from the hospital. And so, like you were saying, as far as trying to identify who's who and what's what, you know, anybody walking around with scrubs, you know, if you're not looking at their badge, you're just going to assume, you know, maybe that's the nurse or that person. Yeah. Give you information for this and this. And so they just kind of had to really cut, cut it clean and dry to try and eliminate confusion. But, you know. I'm right. with you. I thought that was so dope. I used to love yeah. like, watching my mom get her little different styles and <laughs> have cartoon characters on. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and now they have it where they make the the name tag um, much bigger, so you can also identify like um, a nurse or a, a doctor or um, a tech technician or different things like that, um, which I think is is, is good. Um, but you have to take out, you know, people's kind of their individuality of being, you know, inclusive and diverse and everything like that. So I don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. Well, that is the conclusion um, of the little theory scenario game situation. So that was cool. Um, and so you have the floor now. So if there are any final words that you want to give and make sure you let everyone know how they can, you know, support your movement. Of course, they're going to get the book on Amazon, but if there's any like social media or any other place that you want people to, um, to come support and check out, let, let the people know. Oh, sure. Um, and I'm still working on, uh, I still have to get a website, so I still have to work on that. Um, but yes, I just want to say, um, 
thank you for listening. And I just want to say, um, definitely get, it, it is definitely um, very important when I say you have to um, be in tune, you have to be in tune and get your um, annual checkups, um, women, GYN, annual physical exams, um, eyes check, dentist, everything is very important. Um, and you can definitely get my book. Um, it's called, again, The Woman's Wellness Empowerment Guide Simplified, Nurse Advocacy, Health Awareness, and Jewels of Inspiration at Your Service. It is available on Amazon um, and you can just you can just put my name in there and it actually comes up um, Sherry Edwards and so it's right on Amazon um, it's available in ebook and paperback um, so you can definitely get your copy um, and I am on Facebook um, I am under Sherry RM MSNMHA um, and that is all for right now I'm still growing so <laughs> Still, still, still setting everything up. But thank you so much for this opportunity. I appreciate it. No, thank you. Thank you. A lot of things that you said, you know, kind of hit home, you know, definitely with just being aware and, you know, educating yourself and having people out here that want to give you the information, you know, it's just so amazing. And I love to see, you know, women, women of color, um, just really empowering each other. So thank you for taking the time um, to sit on this platform and, you know, share all this amazing stuff with my audience here. And when I typed in um, your name, Sherry Women's Wellness and Amazon, like you say, your book came right up. Like that's all I typed in. And it <laughs> right there, you have this gorgeous picture on the cover. Oh, thank you. <laughs> stunting on the cover. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Great job. Um, I look forward to everything else that is to come from this. Congratulations once again for, for getting your book out there, for everything that you're doing in nursing. Um, I know nursing school is not a joke. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> it is definitely not. So that and is I got through it. <laughs> Woo, yes, child. You did continue to, you know, grow in education and everything. So salute to you. And again, thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Winnie. Uh, you too. Have an awesome day. Thank you. That is a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for checking out this episode. Wow, that was phenomenal. Um, definitely go check out the book, support Sherry and what she has going on. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your loved ones. Seek information. You know what I mean? Seek information. Seek wisdom. Pay attention to your body. Get to know your body. Learn your body. You know what I mean? Get your annuals. Um, it's so important. You know, we're still dealing with the pandemic, coronavirus, monkeypox. It seems like there's constantly some kind of um, virus coming out or some kind of illness that's coming out. So it's important that we do what we can on our end to be healthy. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and end the podcast episode on this. Thank you so much for checking this out. You know me, it's Winifred Summer, your host of the podcast. And we have another episode coming every Friday. All right. I was talking all that stuff about finding a day and being consistent with posting episodes. So every Friday, expect a brand new episode of the podcast. And it's August and August is interview month. So I have an amazing list of guests for you to hear. All right. Take care, guys.